podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach. And see a rocket launch. Or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. All right, people, you know, we are the cricket podcast that keeps giving. It's New Year's Eve. I'm in studio recording. I'm joined virtually by Jaleesa Apps, who's in between news bulletins. Jaleesa, how are you? I'm good. I'm good, obviously. I'm having an absolutely ripping New Year's Eve. (laughs) Well, Paul's out at a party somewhere living his best life. Oh, he's got a better social life than both of us. Yeah, I haven't been invited anywhere. It's a bit weird. Um, My family's away. But, yeah, look, I'll watch the New Year's Eve Eve Big Bash game, record this podcast and turn in early and get ready for the fourth test. Um, You've got Charlie. That's it. Me and Charlie are going to have a great night. Um, But, yeah, I wanted to jump on because, obviously, it's been really difficult to try and tee up my schedule, your schedule, and Paul's. And, um, you know, a lot of people are saying that I'm ostracising you from the podcast. They are not. A lot of people have said that I've maybe driven a wedge between you and the podcast. Well, I just want to make it clear that's not happening. Jaleesa has been as busy as all of us, but probably a little busier than Paul and I at the moment. How are you coping? Breakfast radio in the morning, news at night? Yeah, it's been a bit of a tough one. I think um, because initially I didn't know that I was doing Perth News, which finishes um, by the time we wrap up here, it's like 10 o'clock. So um, I don't get home till like 10.30 and then my alarm goes off at 3.30. So I'm only in my house for about five hours a day at the moment. Um, So it's been a tough week. I'm very, I hate saying it's been a tough week because I'm so lucky with the job that I do and it's such a privilege and I don't want to whinge about it at all. I'm, I'm very, very lucky, but um, I won't lie, I'm a little bit tired. <laughs> yeah, just, you're allowed to be tired, um, definitely. Um, look, I wanted to jump on and sort of reflect on the year. Um, I also listened to um, your interview with Malcolm Conn this morning about Justin mm. Langer on the radio. There's been a ton of cricket news. So before we get into my reflections on 2021, tell me, um, you know, when you heard the news Travis Head was ruled out of the fourth test, what, what did you think? I just felt like it was inevitable that somebody was going to get it in the Australian camp. And right now we're actually hearing that Marcus Harris has stayed in Melbourne too. So um, he is potentially, I don't know, a close contact or perhaps they're waiting for another test back from him. So he has stayed in Melbourne. That's confirmed. Um, so uh, what that means for his playing future at Sydney, um, we're not sure yet, but I just felt like it was inevitable. I felt like at some point um, coronavirus and COVID is spreading so um, rapidly uh, that especially when you started to get people who had been around the team start to get it, I I felt like there was probably no way that was going to be avoided for the whole series. Yeah, and how can the whole Australian cricket team not be close contacts of Travis Head? I mean, surely in the celebrations after securing the Ashes, they were all sharing beers and, you know, maybe got a little bit loose with social distancing. I don't know. But, I mean, we could have a situation where most of the Australian team is rubbed out in the next week. I mean, the, the Sydney test doesn't start till the 5th. And the the Cricket Australia have brought in, what, Inglis, Mitch Marsh, Nick Maddinson, 
you know, if you're if you're Trent Copeland, I'd take your whites to the ground on the first day of the SCG test because you might be playing, yeah. buddy. This uh, this is completely correct. Like I find it really um, bizarre how they're not close contacts because I guess and it's more to do not with um, Cricket Australia just with with the ambiguity that we've seen around close contacts in the last past couple of weeks in general. Um, there's been so com- such confusion, particularly in New South Wales, about who's a close contact, who's not. And then you had Brad Hazard before these new close contact definitions were released. You had Brad Hazard in the paper saying, well, no, none of the cricketers, if one of the other ones got it, none of the others would have to be forced to isolate. And that was really confusing because that was before the close contact changes. Um, And I was sitting there like, well, your website doesn't say that. And I actually went then, I was like, what is a close contact? So I went to New South Wales website and it said, a close contact is anyone who's been near anyone with COVID. Well, what a great def- – wow, clear as mud. So, so the whole um, Australian team is a close contact the then? The whole Australian team, but I don't think what I, I don't think they will be all deemed to be close contacts. I think um, it'll be maybe dependent on who has been – maybe like I don't think they share rooms or anything um, like the NRL or other sports. So maybe they'll escape um, with just their family being close contacts. But I, I can't see this being the last positive that we have positive COVID tests that yeah. we have out of the camp. Either can I, and it kind of feels like now they're just going to play the Ashes because they have to for the TV yeah. rights and everything because the series is done, England are a mess, uh, we're going to probably not have our best side out there. So even if England sneaks a win or two, it's not going to mean much because, you know, we could have half our side out. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a bit of fun. I want fun now. So I reckon the selectors need to go all in. Like I'd pick Matthew Wade in Hobart, um, you know, bring back Peter Siddle, you know, do all sorts of crazy stuff and just make it a bit of fun. Maxwell, absolutely. Maxwell, keep captain, open the batting. Um, You know, it wouldn't be out of – the question of bringing Tim Payne back for the Hobart test, just as like a, a bit of a, a farewell, you know, <laughs> why not? I mean, it's a bit soon. it is a bit soon, but also if, he, if he's one of the only um, cricketers still standing on the Apple Isle that can play, he could get in there. So, yeah, I, I just think we should idea. enjoy it. Man. Yeah. Who Cancel else? the ashes, put everyone in the big bash. Yeah, well, that's one idea. I mean, I thought you could just wheel out Mitch Johnson and get him to stare at the English and they'd, they'd run away anyway. Uh, Brett Lee looked good against his son um, um, in the, on the clip the other day, so, you know, he can still wang a few. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you, you mentioned the Big Bash. I mean, that's a mess too. So we've got that's 15 stars. I um, mean, they didn't even confirm the game was going ahead until, like, I think it was like 20 5:30. minutes. 5.30. 5.30, was it? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was about twenty an hour and five. So it was about an hour yeah, before five the toss. So, um, like that's insane. Like, you to make those decisions. I mean, I don't begrudge them. I'm just mean to make those decisions so close to a game. It's just so difficult for everybody. Um, yeah. So it's uh, surprising mm. to see everything, you know, in in such chaos at the moment. Yeah, what and was it? it seven star. Too. Yes, seven stars players. I know the A League's um, a mess too, but seven stars players, eight staff. You know, Thunder at least three players, maybe four. Uh, I mean, Julissa, I think they have to go into a bubble if they want to finish the tournament because there's going to be no one left. Past that, I think uh, the way that the, um, I think the way that the sport is 
and the way that more we're handling it as a society at the moment, I don't think you could justify putting them in a bubble because who are you protecting? Like just the sport going ahead. They'll actually, what they'll have to do is just start looking at NFL and NBA in America and they're just forging on. They've lost massive superstars out of like, you know, there's two quarterbacks in one team are gone. So that really decimates their chances. But um, it just it just means you've got to forge on and you've got to unfortunately the most the team with the most depth will overcome it yeah but it doesn't look like the stars will be even out of play for the next couple of days so it's going to be a mess you're right if they forge ahead then they're gonna to have to try and make up games maybe they have to just take a few cancellations on the chin and not even try and make them up i mean i, I don't know um but you know, you say forge ahead. Where are they just going to start going to grey cricket and just, as I said, just pull? Could just, just be a you know, roll up, roll up with the cricket gear and you know, try out for the big bash. It, here's anyone going to the big bash? Take your cricket gear. Absolutely. I went That's the other night. Nice. Next time I go, I'll take my whites. I mean, yeah, I bowl, do it. You know, handy offies. Um, be be that one yeah. person in the crowd that like dresses full. Ready to full get on. Well, in magenta, get the, the full kit on. Um, yeah. And just if it's just head ruled out, um, who would you have in um, to replace him? Kawaja, Maddinson, um, Mitch Marsh? If it's just head, I think you've got to give Kawaja a go. But now if it's head and potentially Harris, I would give Kawaja and Marsh. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, would have I, think Shaw, I think Sean Marsh is a chance of playing, actually. So, Sorry? I mean, I think Sean Marsh is a chance at playing in the, the fifth oh, test. Oh, Mitch Marsh is, well, he was with the side today and mm. very comfortable. Yeah. So, um, it could be a return I, of the Marsh boys. I would want Kwaja to open anyway. So, um, Kwaja and then I'd put Mitch Marsh down the order. Yeah. All right. So, that's all the news of the day. Uh, let's, let's look back on 2021 because it's New Year's Eve. You know, we're here all alone. Um, and, and I, I sort of... Was asked <laughs> beautiful singing. I was asked actually. Um, I went on the same radio station you do breakfast radio on a bit later on, and I was asked to, to think about the year, and then they never asked me the question. So, um, I've got all these. So, this is fresh material. Um, I think if you look at the year as a whole, Australian cricket nine months of it was shit house. And then the last three months has saved Australian cricket from having a pretty down year. You know, it starts yeah. losing to India. Our IPL players get stuck in the male dive. So does, you know, Gilly, all our greatest stars get stuck over there. Then we go to the West Indies and Bangladesh get hammered. Then we're rolling into the World Cup. The coach is under fire. Warner's under fire. And then the whole thing turns around. I mean, mm. incredible comeback year. Yeah, it is amazing. And, it's interesting now when you're looking at it in the light of should Justin Lee keep his job because how quickly things change because I think a couple of months ago he probably had no chance of keeping his job um, and now that's all changed because you've won an Ashes in a World Cup. Well, what more do you want him to do, really? So um, it's interesting in the context of the year. Oh, I've got a nugget it, on that, Jaleesa. Sorry? Uh, I've got a nugget on that. Lawler, Pete Lawler, the journalist from The Australian, was interviewed on SEN and they asked him, what is your sort of, what headline will you be writing in 2022? And he said, I'll be writing about the new Australian coach. Now, if that's come from Lawler, I'm telling you, you can, you can almost take it to the bank that Lang has gone. 
Well, I, yeah, I think that's definitely the feeling around and that was basically what Malcon was saying as well. Like he, he doesn't think that um, he would he's going to keep his job. Um, and I think the most telling thing was um, to have um, Nick Hockley not really give a resounding endorsement the other day, but even more telling to that was Pat Cummins because straight after they'd won the game, it was a really, and he was asked the question, it was a really easy opportunity to maybe not even say, yes, he should keep his job, but at least give him some glowing feedback. And he really chose his words very deliberately and didn't do that. He said, well, we'll have to address it at the time and um, those are decisions to come down the track. It was very telling, I think, from someone who um, wouldn't normally just say something controversial for the sake of it. Yeah, I read all that very differently. To Did me, uh, To me, Cummins and um, the head of high performance, Ben Oliver, was doing press conferences today and they've all been, you know, media trained to say we're not going to talk about Langer's contract until the end of the season. And I kind of think that what that's what Cummins was trying to say, but he's too polite. Like he should have just said, mate, I'm not talking about that now. But you didn't have to but you didn't have to talk about it. You could have just No, but said, if he says, I love JL, the headline is Cummins backs Langer. And all of a sudden Cummins is against some of the players. So I, I think Cummins was in a tough spot. No, the I mean, players are smarter than that. When uh, when they read headlines, they know, well, this has been, you know, if they saw Cummins backs Langer, they don't sit there and think Cummins backs Langer. They know talking to Cummins He's like, yeah, I was asked a question and this is how I answered it. Or they can read the quote in full and they know themselves the way that they've said things and then there's a headline out of it. They're not silly. They know, like, they, they've got more in tune with each other than they do with – they're not taking things from the media and then and then turning it. Yeah, fair enough. I, I just think that they, they mean what they say they're going to deal with at the end of summer and maybe uh, when the summer started, things weren't locked in and now well, what we just discussed, the World Cup win and the Ashes means, um, you know, he should get the job again. But, you know, let's go back to the beginning of the year. So it starts, Australia lose to India, you know, almost a year later. How do you reflect on that, Jaleesa? Oh, still really badly. And But also... Um, the biggest reflection I have taken out of that, having watched this test series, was how much I enjoyed the last one. Because I actually haven't really, like, I've enjoyed Australia winning and I've enjoyed seeing the performances and I've enjoyed Pat Cummins just growing into that role. But I haven't enjoyed it as competitive cricket because it hasn't been. It's been really pathetic. And it's that England haven't put up a fight. And you and I both thought we were taking England too lightly. I can't believe that we ever thought that now having looked at um, the way that they've played because it was just a pathetic, like, no guts and mm. no conviction in who they were even selecting. And, and that Indian team was the opposite. That Indian team toss. was the opposite. Yeah. Like, and that Indian team was the opposite. They would lost opposite. so many players and they still battled on and won the series. Total opposite. At the end of the – at the Gabba, they had the absolute CD team going in and still had all this belief that they were going to roll Australia at the Gabba. Like, that is some confidence. And it all it, it came off for them. So it was one of the most, actually looking back on it, it's probably one of the most enjoyable test series that um, I think we've seen since maybe 2010, back when I can remember, really. 
Mm. I, I think I sort of reflect on it thinking sort of Tim Hat. Tim Payne had a bit of a shocker at the back end. And, you know, yeah. I've listened to many cricket experts and test players talk about that they don't think wicket keepers should be long-term test captains because it's too draining. And people doubt all these people. People doubted Ian Healy when he said it. People doubted Adam Gilchrist. But I think actually we saw at the end of the 2019 Ashes with that terrible – well, actually a few decisions Payne made that almost cost us the series. And at the end of that Indian series, that you don't want a, a test wicketkeeper as captain because they're so drained by the end of a long series. And, it, you know, again, we just kind of let a series through our fingers. India played well, but we dropped catches. We got our team wrong. Payne our had a shocker at the SCG. vastly improved. Like our mm. fielding is out of sight compared to what it was last year. And I really honestly believe that – the last test so much had to do with how tense Tim Payne was that it made everybody else tense. And um, that's what I, one thing I think that Paddy Cummins really brings is just this quality of um, calmness and stillness. Um, mm. But it'll be really interesting to see how he goes when Australia are inevitably under pressure. Yeah, you're right. When they've been in the field a day and a half and they can't get any wickets and he's bowled 25 overs, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it was about, you know, not long after that series that the first report started to surface about Justin Langer and that's really been the sort of storyline that's underpinned the Australian cricket team. But, you know, there was the IPL debacle where, um, you know, our best players chose the IPL during a COVID crisis and then were, were stuck there and the commentators. And, and, and they chose that over the national side because there was a tour to the West Indies and Bangladesh where they didn't go on. Um, so, you know, it, I don't know. It leaves a bit of a poor taste in my mouth in the end. I know we won the World Cup, but the whole thing was a bit of a mess. I don't think you can begrudge anyone in such a small um, time frame to earn money, to go and earn money, because their career could be over literally at any point. And that's what people always talk about athletes. Oh, they're paid so much. And it's like, yeah, but they actually don't have anything once they finish. Cricketers maybe are a little different. They sort of go into more coaching roles and things like that. Footballers end up with nothing, like absolutely nothing. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, it, I don't begrudge it, them. I don't, I don't begrudge them for going over there. And no one could have predicted that. But I still, even though we won the World Cup, I'm still really strong in my conviction that I think it should be treated as a separate sport. Um, separate selectors, mm. separate coach, separate players. Yeah, you're right. And, and that was really where the, the, the team started to turn around, you know. No one gave the Aussies a chance at winning the World Cup. No right. one, no one. And they go there and not only did they win, but it was full of great stories. And that continued in the Ashes. But, you know, you think about Mitch Marsh, the much maligned Mitch Marsh. Matty Wade was on a building site a few years ago, almost out of international cricket, you know, smashes us to the final. Um, you know, David Warner, after being dumped by his IPL club. I mean, I mean, that was such a great, you know, couple of weeks for Australian cricket. It was. It was amazing. Um, and it was like completely unexpected from my point of view. I didn't think, I just didn't think they'd had enough time together as a team in the lead up and all those performances had been so up and down, but it was amazing to win the world cup. And um, I actually picked that. We had to pick our story of the year here. And I, I picked that as the story of the year because I just didn't think it was going to happen. Yeah, same. I mean, 
anyone that's listened to my podcast knows I didn't think it was going to happen or this podcast. <laughs> um, but, but look, I also think, you know, it's where we started to see the influence of George Bailey. So he came on as a selector in the middle of the year and he's bubbling away. And then we really start to see him build his team and, and the features Bailey's um, brought to the team are very clear communication and a pretty clear pecking order. So players roughly know where they stand. And I think that's actually really helped. I didn't agree with every decision, but I think it's helped the players go out there and play a bit freer. Yeah, true. Um, I think also like JL just letting up a little bit after they had those honesty sessions. He's obviously pulled back a little bit since then and everyone seems a lot more relaxed. He stopped bashing Langer for five minutes. I'm not bashing Langer. I just, I think that has been a change. If you can keep that going, then keep him on as coach. But, Mm. yeah. So, yeah, but Bailey's a cool head as well. And I'm sure he could have some nice chats with Langer. So, (laughs) we win the World Cup. You're thinking Australian cricket, this is going to be a golden summer, going to go into the ashes. Five days later, or about that, Payne's um, out of the team, out of cricket, resigned as captain amidst. a scandal that we don't need to relive. Um, but I have to say that seemed to go away really quickly. Like as soon as Stark took that wicket at as soon as Stark took that wicket at the Gabba, bang, who's Tim Bain? I know it went, went away remarkably quickly. I don't even think the Barmy Army, like I thought they would really have a field day with it. I thought that there'd be I just thought there'd be a lot of niggle about that. But I think also the fact that Alex Carey performed so well that it kind of meant that oh, this was actually like a silver lining. So I think if you had a wicketkeeper come in who had just been thrown into the role and Alex Carey had every right to be terrible because he'd just been completely thrown in. Um, But for Alex Carey to have performed so well, there were so many other storylines going on that that got completely buried and largely has been totally buried. I've barely heard it mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Cummins takes the job. And, I mean, uh, I sort of, you know, we're smashing the 3-0. And what I mean about beautiful stories is, I mean, hey, man, you know, so you look just, at, let, just to let you know, I've only got about, like, four minutes before I've got to go back. Oh, home. yeah. Or probably about gonna, six minutes, actually. We'll but wrap it up on. now then. No, no, we'll wrap well, it up. You, so, you, I've yeah. still got six minutes, so we still got a little bit of time. Good. So, you know, you, this end, this this year ends with just beautiful stories. Cummins seems, uh, you know, meant to lead. Smith gets a chance for redemption in the second test. Yeah. Uh, Travis Head comes back into the team and scores 150. Warner, um, you know, sort of put, expunges the demons from the last ashes. Scotty Boland, the nicest guy in Australian cricket, takes six for seven in front of his home fans. And then I mean, potentially won't play. <laughs> Exactly. So, uh, you know, for me, uh, a, a crazy year for Australian cricket because nine months of it, as I said, was pretty rubbish and then it ended in glory. It ended in, like, such good storylines. Like, yeah, as you man- mentioned, like, Bolden, like, who could have predicted that? The person I feel really sorry for that everyone's forgotten about is poor Nisa. Yeah. Again, it's all been Jai, will be Jai Richardson or Boland. And I'm like, and don't they, forget about Nisa. And he got a wicket off his you know, second or third ball in Test cricket or something, didn't he? So I he had a wonderful well. night. Absolutely. So He's just the most uh, unlucky guy. You know, Justin Langer said when he wanted to, uh, when he took the team over, he wanted to make Australia proud of this team. And I think uh, this is the proudest Australia has been of their cricket team uh, in a um, long time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think, um, and I'm just so happy with the captaincy of Pat Cummins and 
um, how complimentary him and Steve Smith are to each other. Like, I just think captaincy is so um, multifaceted now. In You know, back in the 90s, it would have just been you had to worry about on the field. Now you've got to worry about the media and so many other things. I think that's what Pat does really, really well. And maybe Steve wasn't always totally comfortable with. I think he always handled it well, but he never looked like he enjoyed it or was comfortable with it, whereas Pat actually looks like he enjoys it. So mm. um, I think that it's um, it's been a really um, – it's been a really, really nice to see Pat almost thrown into that role, but at the most perfect time when he was groomed and ready to go. Yeah. So all's well that ends well. That's the the feeling I'm getting for cricket in Australia this year. Jaleesa, um, any party? Yeah. Any party words um, for the listeners on New Year's Eve? Uh, no, just to have a very safe New Year's and everyone. I know that there's a lot of anxiety for everyone at the moment about what's going on and. Just get your booster and do what you can. Well, Jaleesa, I echo those sentiments. And thank you, everybody that's listened to Cricket Unfiltered in 2021. Um, yeah, we'll be back next year. Paul and I are actually recording on the weekend to you know, properly dive into all this. Could be a whole new team to preview for Australia. So, oh, um, yeah, tune there in then. actually could be. Um, exactly. Can't yeah, wait. And also, I do also want to say just thank you to everybody who listens to us and who comments and interacts and um, just writes really nice things because we obviously like do it because we really enjoy it. But when you see someone write back to you like, oh, my goodness, people listen and actually enjoy what we have to say and it's really um, lovely. And also it's just been nice to um, meet a lot of people through the podcast, like people that I now follow on Twitter and talk to and interact with so regularly and also you and Paul who I talk to all the time now um it's just been such a pleasure I don't think any in any other world but cricket would brought us together and I'm so grateful for that you make me cry now with that beautiful sentiment well uh Jaleesa, thank you well yeah it's an emotional time thank you everybody it's, for listening it, to cricket unfiltered completely true and the work that you put in manners is just like the work you put in behind the scenes, the work that you put in to make sure we're always recording, that we're always putting out content and also just always thinking of the people that actually watch it and consume it. You you always say when there's some big story, we need to go live, we need to do this. And it's not self-indulgent. It's because you think we need to really provide a good um, content to the people who support us. So um, you're amazing. I'm really admire you so much. All right. Well, on that note, Jaleesa, obviously I'm your biggest fan. Um, so thank you. Have a great – got to go and run on the news. So thank you. I know. And um, we'll catch up soon. Go. Happy New Year. See you in 2022. Bye. Bye. On Florida's Space Coast, we think you can have the best of both worlds. Kind of like right now. Driving. At your desk. Maybe at the gym. But you're also grooving to some music. Visit us and you'll go to the beach and see a rocket launch or go kayaking and manatee spotting. It's all waiting for you on the only beach that doubles as a launch pad. Plan your adventure today at visitspacecoast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.